1: This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the
0: leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back to another Winning Plays Podcast with Brian Robb and Michael Pina. I'm Rich Levine. Today's show, guys, we're going to talk about Tim USA. We're going to talk about Jason Tatum's ankle injury. We're going to talk about the Celtics going small this upcoming season. But first, we ask you to please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. Uh, huge, number, huge help for us with the numbers. Uh, give us a follow on our Twitter page. That's at, winningplayspod. at always, As always, shout out to CLNS Media for hosting this show. Shout out to betonline.ag, the best that we've ever had. Uh, and guys, we skipped a week since our last show. Is that correct? A week? Yeah, it's on me. Sorry, it's guys. It's on you. Well, B-Rob, you had some surgery. Uh, P&I, you moved. So it was a very, very productive week off at least. Mm, yes. Um, should we start with some trivia, since it's been a, a little while? Let's do it. Is it okay. USA gonna, trivia? It's not USA trivia. It is theme trivia, but not USA theme trivia. Uh, because well, then we're I'm, talking, out. <laughs> then I'm out in trivia. I'm out <laughs> uh, and I'm going to say this is, like a, I'm not sure how to grade this one. I'm say 5 out of 10 on the on the difficulty scale. Um, since we are talking okay. about the Celtics going small this next season, I would like one of you guys to tell me who is the shortest player ever to lead the Celtics in rebounds for an entire season. And when I say ever, I did fifty years that my, my my research team stopped uh, fifty years ago. In the last fifty years, who is the shortest of all the guys who have led the Celtics in rebounding for a season? Who is the shortest? Dave Collins. That's a decent guess. I'm gonna go with wrong. like. That's really...
1: <laughs> for... I kind of want to go. I mean, this isn't right, but I kind of want to go Pierce on one of those crappy teams in like the mid two thousands that didn't have
0: anyone good on it. Brian Robb, the surgery did you very well. You are correct. Yes. (laughs) Wow, Paul Paul Pierce. It's six foot seven. He led the the Celtics in rebounding in o two o three and o five o six. This was. It's funny you
1: bring this up, Rich. It was like I wrote one of my first pieces ever. Freelancing on ESPN.com was an article about Pierce's rebounding. So that's like an unfair advantage for me. Um, so that, well, I, I agree. I, unfair advantage.
0: I, I think that's a, that's just an advantage that, that you earned over your years uh, in the game, B-Rob. Uh, Dave <laughs> Collins is 6'9". Uh, the other two 6'9 guys to lead the Celtics in rebounds in the last 50 years. One is Antoine Walker, who did it a bunch of years. And can you guess the third? This guy played three seasons for Brad Stevens. Jared Solinger forgotten self sure wow where's he playing these days he's been playing in china um is he good enough for china i, I mean he was know. good enough to lead the celtics in rebounds an nba team in rebounds yeah. for three straight yeah. seasons i would think so steve yeah Stoops.
2: so let's talk hmm. about Tim. USA. Didn't hold up
0: no <laughs> let's talk team usa b rob you want okay. to uh you want to take the reins on this so they they just they beat japan pretty easily <laughs> today Uh, yeah, they almost
1: tripled them up for a lot of the fourth quarter. Uh, it was pretty much the opposite of their first two. I think if the final score was 97, 45 and it wasn't that close. Mm -hmm. Um, but this was, they capped off. This was their only blowout. Really. They, uh, obviously had a nail biter against Turkey in game two, the game that, uh, Jason Tatum got hurt in on, uh, Tuesday, and then they, you know, I think they won fairly comfortably against the Czech Republic on Sunday, but it was largely an ugly game there, too. But yeah, today, uh, great game from Jalen Brown, 20 points, uh, which I kind of want to start with there. Um, Mike, he, I know you watched this game today as well, scored 20 points, did a lot of great things, Um, really needed bounce back game for him, I think, since he didn't even play in the second half of the close game against Turkey. Um, while guys like, you know, obviously Harrison Barnes and Joe Harris have been kind of getting a bunch of the minutes uh, ahead of him at this point, but he looked really good today. What did you see Mike uh, in terms of what he's, you know, bringing against the a uh, pretty overmatched Japan team?
2: Yeah. I mean, physically he just looked like he was on a different planet from everyone on the Japanese team. I mean, he had a few fast break dunks that were ridiculous one that windmill that he had, Ooh um where no no one even tried to chase him down was just a a thing of beauty but he's one of those athletes where it's like if he gets going like that and there's the runway it's just so thrilling when because you know he wants to put on a show and he's got the athleticism to do it um i think he hit i saw him hit one three i can't think of another that came to mind but his stroke looked pretty good um yeah, just, uh, I mean, it's really funny to try to take away too much from these games, especially when the competition was what it was. Um, but he was playing hard. He looked like he was playing within the the structure of the team. And uh, it's good to see.
0: You, you, talk uh, about the, you talk about the stroke, Mike. And I think, you know, when, when you're looking for what you can take from a game against Team Japan or whatever it is, that, that's what I want to see from Jalen. I want to see a guy who's shooting a little bit better. Because if there's a reason... You know, just on the surface, that Joe Harris and Harrison Barnes might be getting playing time over Jalen, especially in the international game. It's that reason. Yeah. I mean, you, that, this is a team
1: that isn't full of knockdown Cheers Rich. So I think, you know, Jalen, and Jalen is being played at the four mostly too. So he's, he's being asked to do a lot of dirty work when he is in there, which I think he's doing a pretty good job of that. He's actually, you know, has. I think I want to say grabs like seven rebounds or something like that today. So he he he's yep, getting his nose dirty down there, which is good. And yeah, if he if he hits shots and I think I think the key for him in this tournament, guys, like if he just doesn't, I think where Jalen gets into trouble is when he tries to do too much, when he goes into the lane with his head down and takes a tough shot against two guys in traffic or doesn't make the extra pass when it's right there. Like that's not going to get him playing time of Popovich but I think today he did a really good job of that even though he had 20 points he like was looking to make the extra pass more he wasn't looking for himself first and I think that's the sort of stuff that's going to translate very well into like a Celtics offense being potentially
0: extremely dangerous uh, this fall yeah you talk about uh, doing the the dirty work Um, and we're going to get this a little bit later when we we talk about the, the, the Celtics what we think is the Celtics best five but you know, Kemba, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, those three guys aren't doing dirty work on this upcoming this upcoming season. It's Marcus and Jalen. You know, the guys you're going to have to step up and and be that. So it's it's good to see him having to do that this summer. I think
1: Gordon will do some dirty work though. But he can only you do like so much. Yeah. He can only do so much though. That's true. Like from you're right. No, I mean from you're right. from an athletic standpoint, you're right. Like Jalen, he's not going to like outleap guys for rebounds and stuff yeah. like that.
2: It was a it was a bit of a bummer though to see uh, no Tatum. I mean, I was I haven't really seen too much of Team USA so far, so I was woke up early, you know, came back from the gym, put the game on, and uh, yeah, I knew Tatum wasn't going to play. Marcus Smart was, I think, a, a pretty late scratch, uh, so didn't get to see any of, either of those guys. Just, uh, I mean, what what is your guys' impression of just Tatum? You know, obviously getting hurt at Team USA. That's kind of an interesting plot point.
0: I'm a, I'm okay Grace, with you're it. You're worried about this, right? Yeah, so I'm okay no. with it. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> I mean if if you're gonna choose an injury for, for, right, like that like a rolled ankle isn't so bad. Like a lot, like that that happens in basketball. Uh, it's not anything that you think was going is gonna be lingering. Save some I mean, I, I, and I'll say that if if he doesn't play again. Like right? Just take him out, get a like a relatively <laughs> harmless ankle injury injury, and then go sit for the rest of the summer and and watch. That that's how I feel about it. I don't think he needs to rush to, to rush to get back into yeah, the lineup. Yeah, I mean lineup. the
1: fact, right? And so he's he's been ruled out for Saturday's game, and then they're going to reevaluate next week. Um, the fact he's just a super durable player, like I think he's missed what like three or four regular season games in his career. Um, so he clearly that's one of his strengths right now. It was it looked scary at the time because he had to be helped off, um, but clearly not a long-term concern and yeah like I'm with Rich it's you know the the pros way, the cons if the this is the worst thing that comes out of it is a rolled ankle for anyone on team you say that's obviously a a big win and he you know he hadn't had a great first two games mike um mm-hmm. just from a shooting standpoint he he's getting leaned on a lot um by pop anyway for minutes which is promising but you know the shots weren't going down from inside or outside shooting 30% from the field but he did have a great, I think, and the end of the fourth quarter in overtime when USA rallied against Turkey, he was front and center of that late comeback alongside Kemba Walker, which I think was pretty encouraging since like he wasn't shooting well, yet he was still one of the better players on this team in that stretch. And I think that's, you know, stuff like that is important.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I personally want to see him against, like, the, the more top-tier competition in the tournament. Like, Come on, Ilyasova's not – I mean, he was putting up 25 and, and 15 I, I, look, in that Look, game. look, 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 We've been – we know your relationship with your, your son Ilyasova. But, um, He's the best player in the floor, I think. <laughs> the
0: Turkish Twister. I'm
2: not – uh sure, what a nickname. I'm not, like, so – bummed out that he's going to miss this game against Giannis. Um, that seems like just a pounding that he doesn't really need to take. But uh, but against, like, you know, uh, Serbia or whatever other teams that they face down the line, I, I kind of want to see him on the floor in crunch time.
1: Yeah. No, that's definitely... And the good news, Rich, like, he has been on the floor at crunch time in all these games, like, when it's mattered. And that... You know, establishing obviously there's not a ton of talent for him to be out here for that spot, but like, yeah, you want him playing over like the Chris Miltons of the world or the, you know, the Harrison Barnes of the world, obviously. And he's kind of like cemented himself from from a shot creation standpoint, from a rebounding standpoint, he's been good. And I think he's he's thrown some good passes in this tournament as well. So like, that's, oh yeah, the you know, it's been it... definitely more than good than bad.
0: Passing, that's huge. That's a big development. And it's funny. I'm looking at the roster right now, and you're talking about guys you're going to lean on, guys you're going to count on. And I think that Jalen and Jason are the only two even top five picks on the roster this year. So when you talk about, like, pure talent, like, yeah, they should be the guys probably that, that, that are leaned on a little bit. Yeah, no question about that. Um, Do you know who is attempted? The, how how many? Smart. Oh, yeah. McGordridge. rich what, what was Marcus six? He was a sixth pick, right? Or was he fifth? I think he was sixth. He was
2: sixth. Randall was seventh.
0: Uh, Great. And Dante Exum was fifth. Um, Kemba Walker, Great. at least through three games, le- led the uh, team USA in three-point attempts, which is interesting. He's coming out shooting. See if that translates into the regular season. Yeah,
1: he—he's uh, just. I mean, we know he's been fun to watch for a while, but he's. He hasn't had a great shooting tournament overall um, from three um, before today. But, I mean, he's just, you know, just being able to see what he can do with the pass and transition, I feel like that's a a pretty nice weapon with some more talent around him, which he'll have here. And I don't know, Mike, I'm kind of encouraged. He works his ass off on defense. And I don't know if it's like Team USA is afraid of Coach Pop, where they're like working their ass off and like up 40 or 50 points in these games. Uh, t- today, But, like, you know, he he obviously is dealing with the size issue, but, like, he busts his ass around screens and tries to recover well. And, like, I don't know, like, you don't watch him too closely on defense over the course of a year, but that's that's obviously an encouraging development given what this team had to deal with last year.
2: No, for sure. I feel like, you know, if Kyle Lowry is on one end of the spectrum and, I don't know, not to pick on him, but Kyrie Irving is on the other, <laughs> um... I feel like Kemba is—he's you know—he's one of those undersized guys who's extremely scrappy, who you you're not really expecting it, and when you do try to to mess with him on a mismatch situation. Like he's going to scratch and claw and fight. And it's kind of the same thing that we saw a few years ago with Isaiah Thomas, who obviously had his, he, he was detrimental on the defensive end. There's no question about it because he was like five, nine. And, you know, in the playoffs in particular, that was a weak point, but he would fight in every situation and he would know the scheme and he would play inside it and he would be very physical. So I expect Kemba to, to be a pretty good defensive player based on, I mean, just to maximize the, the, the physical gifts that you have and, and, you know, not, not die on screens. Like you said, not bring little effort to the table. He He's not that type of player. So that's very good to see.
1: Rich, do you think, what do you think? I mean, we can start to transition a little bit to the Celtics for next season from this point, but like, Given what these guys can do defensively, like what is the ceiling for this team defensively next year? Like in terms of defensive rating, would you say in the league, like top five, top
0: ten? I mean, like, top five right, seems a seems a little it's realistic there. Yeah, I mean, you, you never it's know. Like, Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, uh, Rich, can I jump in? Yeah, please, please I, do.
2: I wrote this thing about <laughs> I wrote this thing about the Spurs uh, today and how last year they finished twentieth in defensive rating when for the past, you know, however many years they've been top 10. And, uh, you know, I was trying to look at to see, you know, they were getting some players back. They're getting DeJounte Murray back. They They signed uh, Damari Carroll. Um, and, you know, they have a lot of continuity. And just trying to figure out how they could bounce back and, and get back into the top 10 and be that elite defensive unit that they've been for the past However many years, and I was looking at some of the other teams and the defenses that the league is going to see next year and there's a lot of pretty good defensive units I mean I it would not shock me if the Celtics were out like clearly out of the top 10 just based on you know they're gonna they're gonna really struggle um, uh, in a lot of different areas, particularly the glass their rim protection should be waning I mean it's I feel like this team's identity needs to be, Speed, intelligence, and offensive firepower, or it's going to be a very long season.
0: So, who are some of those, who's so you like seven that, eight like, nine? Like, yeah, like right. who's who, seven, eight, eight, seven eight nine on that, on that list? Like, you know, who are the guys that maybe okay. are better than the Celtics that would surprise us? Okay, I sec, I'm going to bring this up right uh, While you do that, I'm like, going to ask you both see... the question. Let me uh, let me ask you both the question while you're bringing that up. <laughs> Okay. Uh, can you believe that, that the NFL season is under? We can say that. This is Thursday. The NFL season will be underway probably by the time this is up. Uh, to celebrate another season, uh, BetOnline.AG is our official sponsor and CLNS Media are giving you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit over at BetOnline.AG. Head over or use your mobile device to join today and use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines this football season. Get into all the action with betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, please see the general rules for additional terms and conditions. A minimum deposit of $55 is required to qualify for the bonus. Uh, and did that buy you enough time, Mike? Uh, <laughs> I think we're good. Okay. Um, so just you know, some
2: of the, the, the teams that were not very good on defense last season that I think will make a leap – um you know you have Orlando you have Philadelphia which finished 13th uh you have the Clippers which should make a humongous leap I think forward um they were 21st last season uh I think the Pelicans are gonna be a very good defensive team mm. uh this upcoming season you know they add favors Lonzo Ball's a very good defender Drew Holiday's already there um um I, they had, they hired my my guy, Jeff Bezdelik, uh, to run the defense. I think their defense will be very good. Is Lonzo has...
0: Ball a really good defender? Is that is that real?
2: He's good, yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah. Okay. He's a very good defender. Um, and then, I mean, you have the teams that were there around last season. You have Utah, Milwaukee, Indiana, I think will be really good still, even though they lost Thaddeus Young. I think Toronto's defense, people, you know, I, a lot of people want to write them off just because they lost Kawhi and Danny Green, but... I like their defense and at least until the trade deadline when some moves are probably going to be made. Um, you know, you have like a team like Denver that should be making a little bit of a, of a bump forward. Um, I don't know. Like, what do you, what do you guys think about Boston's defense next season?
1: Like, I think I agree with you, Mike, in terms of like on paper, it is, it could be an uphill climb. And particularly if we, you know, no one steps up in the center role to like, from a defensive standpoint, which may or may not happen uh, based on the personnel here. Here's the one thing I'm encouraged by. Um, So I'm going to go back a couple years here to 2015-16 Celtics. Their their starting lineup here, guys, was uh, Isaiah, Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, um, Solinger, and Amir Johnson. Guess where that team finished in defense in the NBA.
0: Ninth. Uh sixth. Fourth. Whoa. Can't believe Jared Sollinger got two shout outs already on the podcast. That hasn't even been twenty minutes. Right, I know. He's he's
1: <laughs> But so that that makes me think like, alright, you know, Brad Stevenskin has mixed up a lot of you know, or not mixed up but made uh gotten the best out of a lot of questionable defenders in the past. And obviously Amir Johnson was, has always been a good defensive player at that stage of his career. Um, but beyond Avery Bradley and you know, Jay Crowder to a lesser degree, there wasn't a lot of plus guys in that lineup. Um, and they still figured out a way to get fourth. So I think this group can be top 10 on D uh, with uh, the right mixing and matching. And I think Kemba Walker bringing it every night on defense is going to be a big part of that, obviously. And then... We'll see how the rest of the starting lineup looks. But, you know, smart will be smart. And then if Brown and Tatum can sustain what they're doing on a defensive end on a more regular basis, then this team could be in business.
2: Yeah, so I, I wrote this story uh, last week about, um, you know, Boston's lack of centers and how their five best players are all 6'8 or under. And on one hand, you have a team that, you know, Brad Stevens, as kind of going against the point that you just made B Rob, but Brad Stevens teams have always relied on defense and he always has, you know, liked to have a little bit of size out there. The Horford Baines combination is just, you know, obviously unavailable this season. Um, but then on the other hand, like one of the great traits of every great Brad Stevens team is uh, just an underdog mentality and low expectations. And I feel like when you know, you have a lineup that is Kemba, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Kemba Walker. Uh, like you mean Gordon Hayward? Gordon Hayward. I'm sorry, I said <laughs> that, two. There's two Kembas on this roster. Um, when you have that type of of lineup, uh, you are you know, there's no margin for error and everybody is accountable. And I think players are more in tune on a possession by possession basis. Uh, So that should be very interesting uh, to see how that pans out. And I mean, like, I guess the the first, the most important pressing question is like, how many minutes do you think we're going to see this lineup on the floor? Like, is it going to close halves? Is it going to be on the floor in crunch time? Like how, how accessible is it for Brad Stevens? Do you think this season?
0: It's all matchups, right? I feel like that's what we've been what what we've been harping on over the summer. But what about what? And B Rob, I think you might have been there. But on Tuesday, when when Brad Stevens says that uh, Time Lord has a, as good a summer as anybody on the Celtics roster, is that the, is that the kind of thing that Brad would just say? You think to blow smoke up R W three's ass, or or just get him pumped? Do you think he really believes that 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 this guy is ready to? to be a little bit more, I mean, or a lot more this year, to maybe be a guy that you can count on, maybe not in crunch time every night, but can play really, really valuable minutes at center on a solid team. It can go both ways, Rich, if you look at the history
1: of the past decade of who's gotten hype out of the summer. Um,
0: But from Brad Stevens. I know
1: know there was a time where James Young got some hype out of the summer too. Okay. Um, So we have to remember that. But at the same time, but Rob Williams, I think, has already shown more in his career than James Young ever did. Um, as a counterpoint to that and Chris from probably talking to people behind the scenes, like he has been ever since the missed flight last year, he was one of the hardest workers all year long, uh, has been in line, has been a sponge and now obviously sees opportunity, uh, in front of him here and has busted his butt all summer long. So yeah, like he, I literally think they're going to, nothing is guaranteed for, in the front court in the center spot. And that means if that is including, you know, propping up Rob Williams and saying, Hey man, keep up the good work here, you're gonna have to give yourself a shot, I'm I'm all you know, I think that's a great move by Brad Stevens.
2: Yeah, and I and I think that, you know, two less sexy names that are probably gonna play a lot of at the fore are Grant Williams and uh Shemi Aujolet. Sure. And, uh, like, I'm not sure how much those guys are going to be able to contribute on the other side of the ball where, um, you know, I I just, I'm leaning more towards this team and just generally looking at, you know, how the league is going right now, where you really need to score if you want to win basketball games. And, you know, I guess the regular season is a little different than the playoffs, but in the playoffs, you need to score, or you're not going to win. That's just kind of how it is. And, um, like I feel like offense, like making putting the best offensive players on the floor throughout the regular season and having them be familiar with one another should be kind of the key goals for the year. And I just, I just think it's fascinating to see how much they're going to lean on those small units. And like, I I understand saying positive things about Robert Williams heading into the year because they. They need him. They need him. They need Tice. They need an escanter to play a lot of really good minutes and play a lot of and fill a, a specific role on you know in in areas of rim protection and in and, in and, and, you know paint protection and, and and battling on the glass.
0: No, it's interesting. Is this a I situation, thought- Rich?
1: Where Brett? Do you, Brad, Rich? Do you think Brad might have too many choices to make on a nightly basis with uh... like, this personnel, or do you think it's just to his as a you know, a positive on that front that you, you can go in different directions.
0: Yeah. I mean, or I don't think it's necessarily choices that he's going to be making like in real time. You know, I think maybe you go into every game with, with a different set of, you know, a different strategy just based on what what they have. And I know, and I know Mike, you mentioned this in, in your, in your piece, you know, that sometimes it comes down to like, who's going to bend first, right? Like if the Celtics can get the upper hand with that smaller lineup, and then you have, then the opponent's having to play to that. As opposed to you having to play to the other team's height, like that's where it could really start to be effective for the Celtics. You know, like you're you're dictating the tempo, right. you're dictating it's how right. the, how the opponent has to play.
2: Yeah, and definitely, and I, I think one of the more interesting things, V Rob, what you just said about you know picking the the right lineup combinations and having too many options, that's obviously the problem last year. Like that's right. what some <laughs> last year's team was, you know. Guys like Marcus Morris, uh, you, you know, you had to find minutes for him, Jalen, and there was always be like an odd man out. But right now, I feel like just the high, with the hierarchy of this team, there, like it's just kind of going to be accepted in training camp, like who the five best players are and who deserves to be on the floor when when it matters. And it just so happens that all these guys are like relatively small and they're wings and they're and they're guards. And I, I just think it's really really fascinating.
0: Pina, if if by Here's some chance. Quote, a- let me guess this real quick, Peanut. If by some chance Al had come back this year, mm-hmm. don't you? It, you could probably still make the same argument, couldn't you? That the five best players this year would still be the five best players. Um,
2: I mean, Al Horford is going to be closing games.
0: Uh, sure, I sure, mean? but because more because he's Al Horford.
2: Who, I, I mean. I don't want to like say something like Al Horford is better than Jalen Brown, but I think that's something I believe. Like he's a bet, I think he's a better basketball player, and he would just make more sense for, for the reasons that we're discussing. But like I, yeah, so I I I think that the 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 situation would be less complicated, but then you would also have a situation where there would there would be an odd man out, and it would be either. You know, Marcus Smart or Jalen Brown, most likely Jalen Brown or even Gordon Hayward or, or Tatum on certain nights. Like, I don't, I don't, it's, it would be a really more complicated situation if Horford uh, was still around. And, you know, that's not to say that they're better off with him gone, but it, it, it is simplified in a certain way.
0: Right. And a lot of it is because, you know, I said, if, if you said, would you rather have Jalen Brown or a 33 a year old center entering his 13th season? Who averaged 13 points and six and a half rebounds last year, and and made 78 foul shots over 68 games? You know, like that's Al Horford. Uh, you know, maybe you want the the guy who's who's. Uh, by the way, Jalen looks like he bulked up uh, a little bit more already this off season, and maybe that's because he was staying next to the Team Japan guys. But he looked a <laughs> lot bigger physically. Looks like he might be able to do a lot of the things that Al Horford, frankly, you know, wasn't willing or able to do the last year or so whatever we don't have to make this to kill Al Horford on his way out, but I just thought it was interesting that maybe he, it still wouldn't I don't be wow, so good.
1: Out Rich, just like it, bury him she, right now,
0: Jeez Louise, Rich.
2: Um, no, but Jalen, Jalen did, did look really good, and they will need him to like. I, I I posited in the piece that Marcus Smart would be the guy who basically is the de facto center, and you know that's you know that I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but someone like Jalen who if he were to bulk up. Or if his bulk was for real and his strength was up and yada yada, like I feel like he could guard for possessions at a time, Biggs, and, you know, make opponents pay uh, on the other end in a way that, uh, you know, Horford was not able to do.
1: So, like, Mike, I mean, your piece was great. It's a, a lamp that will be explored at times. The problem is I don't think the Celtics are going to be able to bring it out much at least against like East playoff teams, because yeah. you just look at, there's just so much size, size and size that isn't going to get played off the floor. Um, whether it's Giannis or Gasol Abaka or MB Turner, Sabonis down the line, it's just like everywhere, which is why again, I think the, you know, the Celtics knew the front office knew like we need, can't, we need someone to rebound and that small lamp for what it brings offensively it's still going to get absolutely murdered on the boards by any of those teams. So, like, could you see that them play small five against, like, the Warriors and some teams out west or other teams that just try to downsize? Absolutely, they should do that and maybe, you know, try to mix it up from that front. But I still think there is going to have to be some kind of a true big on the floor at all times with a rotating cast of, you know, the four or the five wings that we've been talking about.
2: So you do not think that this lineup will see big minutes during the regular season?
1: I think they'll see, like, what's big minutes? Like, Like
2: I, like, do you think Stevens will spend a portion of the year, maybe a month or so, when everybody's healthy, like, playing it at the end of halves and at the end of games?
1: I think we'll see it more likely at the end of halves than, like, the end of games. Like, I think we'll see it for, like, if everyone's playing well, I think he'll roll it out there for a couple minutes a game. I just don't think it'll be a crunch time lineup. Um, unless, again, the matchups let him do that. But I think most times it's th- that the matchups are not going to let them do that.
2: Right. And, I mean, like in my mentions, it was basically, you know, Bucks fans and Sixers fans being like, yeah, this would be great. And it's like, I don't disagree with (laughs) me, but there are a lot of other teams that do not have Giannis and do not have Joel Embiid on them that I, I feel like the Celtics could definitely exploit. And I think it would be very just, I'm not saying that the Celtics would have an advantage, um, or be able to survive even, but it would be just like super interesting to see, you know, a bully ball lineup versus, uh, this specific lineup, uh, on the defensive end, I, like I would just like to see how they would guard the Celtics. because we, we know what would happen on the, what's going to happen on the other end, but I would just like to see like, who matches up with who and just how that plays out for you know five minutes.
0: Yeah, I, I like that because especially because we talk yeah, about Embiid. And obviously, much. obviously in the playoffs, Embiid is going to be the focus, but in the regular season, you know he, he's not even going to be playing that much, and even when he is, he's not going to be playing forty minutes a game. So there's a situation against Philly. Yeah, if Embiid has to come out early in any given game, all of a sudden Brad just throws that throws that lineup out there and makes Philly react. Like I'd love to see that.
2: Yeah. Um do you, I guess the other thing is like how confident are we that the Celtics their big man rotation will look like it is like it does today uh, after the trade deadline? I know that's a really difficult question to answer, but like, how important do you, like, I I feel like, you know, them adding more size to this team, you know, is probably a, I mean, it's certainly a need in some respects, but like how?
1: Well, Mikey, did you, I don't know if you caught the latest low post, it was with Bill Simmons on there. And they... I did listen did to this. Did you listen to that? I and heard the Sabonis. The, 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 yeah. Brown. And the... And Zach saying he wouldn't do it if he was the Pacers, which is an interesting... Which I guess is, you know, someone who is kind of a neutral slash talks to people around the NBA, like how, you know, I'd, I'd wonder if you go around the league and pull 30 GMs, who they'd want on their next
0: contract, like Sabonis or Brown, like how that would go um that was yeah i about, I, think, like I, didn't, that, I didn't hear the conversation so who, it was basically who would you rather have would you make that yeah, uh, ba- like a
1: theoretical the- trade jalen
2: for a bonus we, yeah,
0: yeah we've no. talked about plenty
1: yeah yeah
2: um that i shut down right um, very quickly rudely. yes um <laughs> i think <laughs> i think that i i probably want to backtrack just slightly on that take but I still would like the thing about it is um Sabonis, who by the way missed a put back uh layup that would have uh i believe tied the game with a minute left again this morning against uh Australia and he was devastated and Avidus was looking on just sullen faced but uh but no um I, the thing about Jalen and his contract which just want to touch on very quickly um my take on that is is that, you know, maxing out Jalen, which I feel like he is hes potentially going to get the max whenever he hits free agency next, uh, next year. Um, if something. he has a good year. Yeah, right. yeah. But I, I could also see a team just throwing it at him because of, you know, his theoretical ability. Um, like, on the Celtics, situationally, you're not going to get your bang for your buck there. Like, he might be worth the max on the open market, but to the Celtics... A team that, you know, has so many other players who need the ball. I just don't. He's just not worth it. He's so he's very valuable, and he could prove valuable when they play small uh, this season. But like, do you guys know what I mean? Like, if you're if you gotta max out Tatum, you have you know Hayward's contract will be expiring sooner or later. But he's on a max, and then Kemba's on a max. Like maxing out Jalen for someone who's gonna be your you know your fourth or your fifth usage piece like i don't it just doesn't really make a lot of sense to me
0: but doing it with sabonis makes like a lot more sense because then this whole conversation about your best five players and like where are we going to get the rebounding from where are you going to get the inside presence sabonis answers a lot of that he fits
2: yeah, I mean, I per I, I personally still don't really like Sabonis for that, just for defensive purposes. Like, I don't know if he, I don't think he's the answer if you're trying to win a title at the five. But you know, and and like it's just the like the thought of trading an athletic swingman for a low post big who can't shoot threes, um, it just doesn't seem like in a vacuum like a very smart thing to do.
1: Yeah, I'm torn but I mean I like Sabonis Law as a player he had his ass handed him in that first round series um by Hal Hartford and company mm-hmm. um and his playoff numbers throughout his career are trash which I do think is like a red flag when you're under a, uh, under a big that doesn't have a lot of bulk to him um but yeah to your point Rich like yeah you want from a regular season standpoint this would solve a lot of problems for the Celtics and you know if you're Again, a lot of it I'd be asking too is like, okay, what are, what's the bonus his next contract look like? Like, is he getting 15 a year, 20 a year, more? Like, how much do you want to invest in the big that can't shoot threes? By the way, we keep saying all that. Stuff. He, shot,
0: he shot 43%, he shot 50 I mean, he didn't take many. But the last two years, he shot 35% and then he shot 52% last year. Nine for 17, but clearly he's got right. a stroke. Did he attempt last year? He okay. was nine for yeah. seventeen. <laughs> so he, The volume yeah, I mean, wasn't he, there, but 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 maybe there's a difference between he, right. he can't and he doesn't. He can shoot enough. Or, yeah, and I guess right. And they, they'd
1: obviously make him do it here more if he came here. Um, yeah, it is a. That's going to be a fascinating hypothetical hangover, both teams that are, you know, the pressure is really on the Celtics. They can obviously wait things out with Jalen, but the Pacers drafted another big in the first round and. They're paying Turner and Sabonis, and having a good first-round big on your roster doesn't really make sense in the long term for them. And so keep, that that's and something keep to watch. Proving that they won't, play but in him the meantime, the same
0: time. sorry, I was just saying that they won't play them at the same time. But my
1: question for you, yeah, that's. I mean, there's no question that that's probably the right move for them most nights, and then that that's an issue. So, but my question for you guys right now, though, out of the Celtics bigs on the roster. So let's say okay, you know, they're they're going to try this small ball lineup when they can, but most nights it's not going to happen and the default is going to be having at least one big on the floor there. What is what is your power ranking maybe like the top 3 bigs in order from most to least preferable to be the closing center on this roster um by like game 20. For you
2: uh, um and I can't. can start Cantor, Robert Williams, Tice. Cantor
0: Williams Tice. Okay. I'm Canter, I'm Cantor Williams Vincent. Mm. <laughs> I am Tice. What? <laughs> wow. You don't think Tice is gonna be closing some games? He's not my first choice over Cantor. I don't know. I mean I I'm... and I love I love Tice like you know, I love. I don't hate Tice as much as Mike. I guess I don't love him as much as you, be, Rob. I think he's a a serviceable guy. I just don't know if he's a closing center on an NBA contender.
1: I don't think he is either. But the Celtics are an NBA contender. <laughs> it's a problem. Um, yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, he plays better defense than he plays better defense. I mean, we'll see if it's last year's version of Tice. Then he's not on the list. I'm talking about two years Tice, like pre knee injury ties. I'm not sure if that guy exists or not. So if he, if he doesn't exist, then he's not on the list. If he is, he might be my top choice. Um, and then Cantor, And then my, my wild card pick here, Say Grant it. Williams. Oh, yeah. Damn it. Grant Williams, I think, is going to be a sneaky factor as the year goes on as a closing five option, assuming, again, the problem is he's like six foot four. But <laughs> if you get over that, he does have the strength. He can do a lot of different things on offense, and he's a really smart defender. So I think he could sneaky get in there if he plays, gets some minutes early.
0: Pina, did you think about doing like Taco that. on your list? I
2: yeah. I thought about bringing Taco up in my next sentence. Yeah, <laughs> um, I really, yeah. It, it, I, taco is just. I mean, we could talk about Taco. Taco deserves his own episode. It's almost disrespectful to just bring him up at the end of this one. But is he
0: is he gonna is he gonna get any playing time? Is he gonna be on the team? B Rob, are you comfortable saying that he's gonna be on the roster opening night?
1: No. I think no. the <laughs> I'm not comfortable. I think I think he could be on the two way I think a two way contract is realistic. Um, if we'll go for that. But I don't I can't see this team carrying five centers with Taco being one of them, even though it would be situationally none of makes them sense. Are,
2: yeah, and none of them are, I guess, who's the sixth best player on this team? Um, Hold that thought.
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you hope it's Cantor, I guess. I was thinking Cantor. If it's not thinking. Cantor, it's in your trouble. I mean, who knows? It might end up being like Carson Edwards by the
2: time this year is over. Yikes. Or Vincent. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was thinking Cantor. Yeah,
1: yeah Vincent. I, I mean, Vincent. We haven't talked about him. No, I, I know nothing. I know nothing about him. He's. I'm very curious to see if he can. Like, I've watched a little bit of France in this tournament, and he's obviously he's backing up Gobert, so he's not getting a ton of time. But he moves really well. He really gets after in transition, which Brad Stevens loves out of his big men. He he'll probably make a thousand Tyler Zeller references, because um, that's all he would keep bringing up when just running the floor. Uh, during Tyler's career in Boston. And so if he can do that, I mean, if he can just, like, the one thing, if he can handle guarding on the perimeter a little bit, which I think is iffy, um, then he can definitely emerge out of the pack there. But um, defensively, in terms of just being solid strength-wise and being able to rebound, like, he's probably number one on the depth
0: chart from that standpoint. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. I, think, yeah, I told you. I think that they, they do have relatively big plans for him. This year, and he, and, and like you said, B Rob, he didn't come over for nothing. You know, he came over to right. play. I think that's uh, he's got to have to earn so he, it, right? He'll definitely got a chance. The next time uh, Brad oh, yeah. Stevens brings up Tyler Zeller, B Rob, you should tell him that Zeller is the only player in Celtics history with a Z, uh, a Z initial in his last name. His last name. Yeah. That was that was a trivia question last week. It was two weeks ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Do you think I should start off Brad's press conferences with just trivia? it's <laughs> a
2: great way to get
0: your credential revoked. I was thinking the opposite. I think I think Brad would, was the kind of guy that would respect that. If ever, you could be like Bill Bill Burr, is that the guy that, that asked the first the first no, question? No. Bill, Bill Bill Doyle. Bill Doyle. Yeah, yeah. the telegram? Bill. Burr. Bill. <laughs> you could be Bill Doyle, but with a little twist. You a little trivia question for everyone. I think they'd respect that. The monotony of the beat. I think it would break it up a little bit and gain you some respect. I mean, more respect, not some along with some glares from other writers that's good um that's good get them angry yeah, you're true. talking to brad stevens and right. they're not <laughs> um
1: what a, one guy we haven't talked about as we wrap up here uh Ojale. he's clearly gonna be battling for minutes at the backup four with grant williams um brad's gone super small with him before at the five he doesn't really rebound down there, but clearly can handle bigger guys um, from a strength standpoint. What is he going to fade to the background on this team, or is he going to say, "I have some, you know,
2: take advantage of the opportunity that's there after being buried last year"? I, I mean, yeah, I think that he'll have an opportunity to play some small five, and this team really doesn't have any power forwards on it, so that's obviously another little uh window that he can step through uh for some minutes like i i don't know if he has the offensive game to be regularly in the rotation just on a night in night out basis but like i don't know like he really didn't play all that much last year and when i mean it's like he's got to hit open shots but he also needs to be able to put it on the deck and do something with it on the second and third dribble i don't know if he can do that um but we'll see. I mean, the opportunity, again, will be there for him. And defensively, they're going to need someone, like you said, Rob, someone who has his strength, who, you know, at least someone on the team who can't get just completely decimated in the post and, and bullied down low.
0: Yeah, and I know PJ, PJ Tucker is one of your boys, Mike, and I think that, you know, that would be... The ideal for, for Shemi if he could get somewhere close to PJ but the biggest difference now is that PJ Tucker shoots 37 40% from, from 3 the last couple of years you know and, and Shemi's still in the low 30s and if he can get to a point where he can consistently or even somewhat consistently hit an open 3 pointer that puts his defense and his strength and all that other I mean that, that then, then it becomes a guy that you can, you can maybe count on a little bit more but until he can consistently produce in other ways there are just too many other guys on the team I think I will say I was at the uh, yeah. at the, the new practice facility in, in early August one random afternoon, and there was only one guy there working out. And you can probably guess Shemmy? who it was. Yeah, it was Shemmy. Not surprised at all. Um,
1: let's finish with this question. The Celtics play the Philadelphia 76ers on opening night. Um, question one, who is your starting lamp on opening night? And question two: What's your closing five on opening night? Uh, on the basis of this, uh...
0: that's, a, that's Rich. Ab- you go first. So that's, that's after Smart and Bead get thrown out for for a fist fight, right? <laughs> yeah, after the. um yes. So the starters, I'm I'm gonna. I think I think that Gordon comes off the bench, so I'm gonna go Marcus mm. Kemba, Jalen, Jason, and Cantor, with Gordon as the sixth mm. man. Um closing man i think i'm gonna maybe do the same i think gordon clo- i think it depends oh. maybe it goes a little bit with the hot hand but i'm gonna go the starters and the, and the closer i think canter finishes the game against Embiid if he's still out there canter will have uh
2: like 35 fat personal fouls by that time <laughs> it's not um, summer league I think that for starting, I agree with Rich, and I, I think on opening night, it wouldn't be the craziest thing to have Gordon Hayward come off the bench and let him ease into the season. Um, I mean, to close, I'm just gonna say screw it, and I, I just want the Celtics to have their five best on the floor. Like I, I don't, I don't <laughs> care. So I'm going Kembo Smart, <laughs> Jalen, Tatum, and Gordon, and I I, I want to see the Sixers blanket at that. <laughs> Brett Brown is
1: recall a Fury of, Flurry of Timeouts. Yeah, let's go. Re- regroup. Um, I like it. Uh my starting five is gonna be smart coming off the bench. So you got Jalen, Kemba, um, Hayward, Tatum, and then obviously Tice is starting. Um, uh... no, he's not. Kander is starting. That's something that it's hundred percent happening. Uh to close the game though, I will say it'll be Kemba, Smart, Hayward, Tatum, and uh, our new friend uh, Vincent. Yeah. Poor. Wow. <laughs> to guard to guard it because cause cancer will be in bad foul trouble and um, and no one else can do it. So that that's that's your default so who I,
2: I'm, so who's guarding uh al horford with that lineup
0: marcus smart tatum or, or hayward jalen brown and then who's guarding who's guarding,
2: smart yeah who's guarding? who's guarding ben simmons uh the rim no um
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh simmons yeah so i get. no i don't i think that's all gonna be interchangeable for like hayward smart you know, as long as you, you put Kimba on Josh Richardson, I guess, and then everyone else is... It probably changes by the possession, who guards who, uh, you know, just matching up down the floor.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you are small, what's, the, the like, a really obvious advantage that you have is just, like, you can switch and help. And it's, like, the thing that we saw with the Rockets when they were pretty small. And with, you know, those Eric Gordon, Harden, Tucker... Um, CP, and I'm blanking on the fifth guy who was in those lineups, but uh, uh, when they would go really small and you know you can switch everything, which is great, and keep your man in front of you, which I think is a big benefit with the Tatum Brown, Smart, Hayward, Walker lineup is all those guys are good, solid individual defenders, and they're quick and they're pretty strong. Um, but then also you can help and recover, and everyone's really fast, and everyone knows where to be, so yeah, that's why I—that's it, I, I, why I like about that. And like, you can double, and you can trap, and you can do like, a lot of really, really funky things. And you can help each other out. And you can just—I don't know—the glass is going to be really difficult. But five guys crash it, we'll see what happens.
0: And a get... statement
2: of the year the, the glass
0: is going to be a little <laughs> difficult against MP with, with six-seven guy as your center. But if you—if you get yourself in a situation where because of like the matchups, the Sixers are now. Get putting, wanting to put the ball in Al Horford's hands with his back to the basket, with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid spreading the floor. Like, that's not a bad option for the Celtics, you know? Uh, I don't know. I, after seeing what, like, the Bucks
1: did to the Celtics with, like, Marcus Morris at the 5 last year in the playoffs, like, I'm not excited to see a small ball lineup against, like, again, guys with just dominant bigs.
0: I just think we have to throw out that, that series when you're – best player didn't give a shit. I, I don't know how... I mean, obviously, there, there were things that didn't work. There are definitely going to be some disadvantages when Marcus Morris is your five. But when the head of the snake is is, is off doing his own thing, like, everything is going to... The trickle-down is is going to affect everything. It's a, yeah, I
2: agree. It's tough to take too much seriously away from that series. It was like a day at the circus. Like, it's just... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, not a lot of, uh, like, real foreshadowing coming out of that in my opinion except i mean Kyrie was
1: terrible but they're right
2: except (laughs) except that's the the, the franchise changing forever um no but it's like also like yeah the bucks are better so there's a good chance you're not going to have any answers for Giannis this season with the guys on this roster no matter what you do but yeah Yeah. but I, i think with when you're facing
1: when you have bigs that can rebound um, and you have four of them on your roster you have to like against teams that have just dominant bigs like in the post like Embiid like, you're going to have to play one of those guys down the stretch I think that's going to be their default move maybe they'll get out of it if no one can hold their own but I think that's the default play is there's going to be a big man at the floor at all times in crunch time we shall see It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, no, I'm not saying it's just the right move. It could be. I mean, we could be, you know, 30 games into the year, and be like, none of these guys should be on the floor in crunch time. This should, we should, they should have just gone if your lineup, Mike, immediately. Um, Obviously, right? But <laughs> you know, or we'll be building a Vincent weird, statue. And, exactly. So, I mean, you'll see. They're gonna roll the ball out in training camp next month, and someone's gonna. You gotta hope someone wants to take. Sees that role. Mm. I mean, ideally, I think honestly, like for the long term future of the franchise, you hope it's Rob Williams. Like, hell yeah, based on his youth salary and you know, if he can become eighty percent of like Clint Capella
2: or something like that, then like that is huge for the franchise long term. I don't see why he can't be better than Clint Capella. I'm just gonna throw that out there, but I, I think I agree. my feelings about Clint Capella have been have been made on this podcast. He. I mean,
1: defensively, I think he can be better than Clint Capella. Offensively, hopefully he gets better finishing, like, around traffic at the rim. That's something in Summer League that he
2: was up and down at. I um, know, but did you watch Clint Capella in that series against the Warriors? Like, Yeah, I mean, I mean again, he, I'm, I'm a you, like, I'm, when everyone
1: was, like, when Clint, Clint Capella rumors were hot for Boston, like, that wasn't a trade that I was would be crazy about. No. I'm with you. So, I mean, All we'll right. see. It'll be, it'll be a really fascinating camp from that standpoint. No one knows what's going to happen, I feel like. I said we wrap it up. Um, I got some. I got another question for you, Rich. Okay. I'm kidding. We'll wrap okay. it up. Um, okay. <laughs> Can you believe the NFL season is right around uh, the corner? <laughs> right, exactly.
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh all right yeah all right, so we'll so be t- back
1: next week uh I got next nothing week, else. Rich, it's more team USA talk. You got nothing else? No. So that will be we'll Wait, have... wait, wait
2: One sec. Rich, can you screw up the the uh, the outro one more time? <laughs> Real quick. The outro? That'd be great.
0: What's 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 an outro? Is that like the a tease? Is, is that like a In- tease? Intro outro. The outro. What? The oh, outro yeah, okay. track. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh yes, I'll screw it up right now. Go ahead, Bureau mission accomplished yeah uh wait uh, wait, wait, what do you mean about about screwing up the what do you mean about screwing up the outro mike jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) all right see ya (laughs) we'll catch you guys next week